Let's jump into it here this morning. I want to talk about bless, blessing and cursing this morning, whether or not we are blessed or whether or not we are cursed. If you want to turn your Bible to the book of uh, Matthew, chapter number five, uh, we have to start a message like this in the, in the Beatitudes, uh, in Matthew chapter number five. This is a, we call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gathering before a multitude of people and uh, I tell you what, if you don't, we're encouraging you to read all the Bible this year as you download the Read uh, Scripture app, and, and we're reading the Bible through the entirety of uh, this year together as a church. Uh, but man, if you don't get anything else read, make sure that you read Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8, okay? The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus covers an enormous amount of topics uh, that involve every aspect of our life. And Jesus starts this great sermon with what we have uh, called over the years the Beatitudes. A Beatitude is just a supreme blessing, okay? And you've heard me say it before, I know old bad joke that sometimes we need a Beatitude adjustment, right? Um, and so Jesus starts off with what is it ultimately that blesses a man? And so let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning again uh, as we turn to the pages of your word and I recognize my limitations. I recognize my my limits, my weaknesses as a man, and I just pray that this morning uh, the power and the anointing of your Holy Ghost will take over and speak this word into our hearts. Change in our minds the definition uh, to be a correct definition of what blessing is, uh, that our life pursuit might go in the right direction. And we just give you praise again. Uh, we long to hear from you this morning, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody agree with me? Say amen. amen. All right, so let's talk about blessing. Let's talk about cursing, um, what it is to be blessed excuse me, what it is to be cursed. Now, God's definition, as we look into the pages of God's word, what we find, you don't have to dig too deep to understand that God's definition of blessed uh, is different than man's definition of blessed. Uh, if we were to go around the room as, as human beings and determine what, what is blessing, if I'm gonna say, okay, I'm a blessed man, this is what makes me blessed. What, how would we define blessed? And we would say things like, well, if we had lots of money, that would, I would be blessed. Um, a loving family, good health, long life, lots of friends, maybe an enjoyable career, hobbies I get to participate in, uh, maybe just an overall easy life. If I have all of these things, I would consider myself blessed. And we do that when we look at maybe our home that we live in and, and the heat that we have and all these things and we'll say, uh, I'm blessed because I have these things. And it's not to downgrade any of that stuff. Obviously, those things are blessings. Uh, and all of those are blessings that are found available in God's word. All of those things that, that the Bible teaches us are necessary things of life, and God will provide those things for us. So uh, those are blessings, yes. But they're not the first thing that comes to God's mind when he declares what a blessing is, Okay. Money, long life, health, good family, good friends, loving family, good friends. All of the, if you ask God what his definition of blessing is, those aren't the first things he speaks of like, like we are. Because see, the thing about it, all of those things I just mentioned, lots of money, good, you know, loving family, good health, all of those things are not exclusive to God's people. It's not only, only Christians are not the only ones that have money and good health and, and family and all that kind of stuff. Not at all. Those are things that the most ungodly people on the earth can have. Think about it. Atheists can have lots of money. Atheists, they don't even acknowledge there is a God, can have a loving family, can have a good career, can have good health and a long life. All of these things, they're, yes, they're blessings, but they're not really what God defines 
as blessed because anybody can have those, even ungodly people. Jesus said it like this. He said, it rains on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the just and the unjust or the godly and the ungodly. What does that mean? It means that, you know, bad people, ungodly people don't walk around with a rain cloud over them all the time and good Christian people walk around in the sunshine all the time. That's not how it works. It rains on everybody. What does that mean? Good things happen to bad people. Sometimes bad, wicked, ungodly people just by, by man's standards of what blessings are, they have it all. But they're ungodly. The sun shines on them. Bad things happen to good, good things happen to bad people and vice versa. Bad things happen to good people. Good, godly, Christian people that horrible, bad things happen to. Sickness comes to God's people. Don't let anybody try to convince you that by becoming a Christian, you have some sort of divine health and you never have to worry about getting sick. These prosperity preachers that you see on TV that, that lie. They're, I'm going to call it, they're false prophets who lie. Come to God and you will have plenty of money, long life, health, and all of these blessings. Folks, that's not what God ultimate. Those are blessings, yes. But that's not what defines a true blessed person. You could be without all of those things and still be considered by God blessed. Man might look at you and think you're cursed. That's what happened with Job, right? Everything he had was stripped away in a moment's time. In one day, he went from being a wealthy, healthy family man to being a sick, broke, bankrupt, lonely man whose family had all died. And so man looked at Job and said, man, that dude is cursed. All of these things are gone now, are taken away from him. But God looked at him and considered him to be blessed because God knew that even through all that, he will not curse me. He will stay faithful to me. That's what considered, God considered him to be blessed. So my prayer through this message is that it will put things in perspective. Okay, what blessing really truly is, it will properly define to you and to me what blessed really looks like in the eyes of God. And so as we look forward into this next coming year in 2020 and on throughout the entirety of our, of our life, we'll know what to pursue. Everybody is pursuing blessing. If I was to ask everybody, raise your, raise your hand if you would like to be cursed this coming year. My guess is nobody's going to raise their hand. But if I said, how many of you want to be blessed this coming year? Everybody would raise their hand. So we have to know what, wh how to pursue that. What does blessing look like and what should I be pursuing? If I say I want to be blessed in 2020, does that mean I'm seeking more money? I'm seeking more health? Those are great things. But if I, if I want God to look at me and say he's blessed, then I've got to look at the right, what he considers to be blessed. Okay, And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And it requires us, it requires us to look outside our American culture, I might add. I mean, this message would go over completely different in Somalia or Ethiopia or someplace where people didn't have anything, but in a, in a, in a country like America where we, we do have everything, and, we're, and we are blessed in the sense of prosperity and all those types of things, and so it, we, we're Americanized. We Americanize the gospel, and we associate prosperity and all of these things with blessing, and so we have to kind of lay aside our American way of thinking for just a moment and look at the way God Almighty looks at it. I hope that this morning, I'm going to kind of give you, 
I want to kind of give you a drink out of a fire hose this morning, okay? Uh, my, my intention, I'm going to bring you a lot of scriptures, and, and just, um, my intention is not to preach a whole message on each one of these things, okay? So you may, you may have to call me down if I get wound up. I, I just want you to look from the scripture, again, several different places in what God says, here's what I consider a blessed man. So the scripture says, uh, we're going to start here in chapter number five of Matthew, back to this sermon, where Jesus starts off saying, this is what blessing looks like. Chapter one, seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor. When you think of poor, do you think of blessing? No, we think the opposite. Blessed are the poor, was that poor in, in spirit. When you are poor, it means that you recognize that you cannot take care of yourself. You have to rely on somebody with resources, Right? Look at it from a money perspective, right? If you're rich, well, you can take care of yourself. If you're poor, you need help from somebody else. He's not talking about money there. He said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. What we recognize is I don't have righteousness in and of myself. Okay, I'm not rich when it comes to righteousness. I can't rely on my goodness to get me to God. I have to rely on somebody with resources, specifically Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, verse number four. Blessed are those who mourn. Now, we would think the opposite. Blessed are those who are happy and those who laugh. But the Bible says that blessed are you when you mourn, when you cry. Why is it? Because it's through that mourning that you get to experience the comforting of God, which is a blessing. When you go through the hardest trial of your life and everything in you hurts and you mourn, and you get to, and, and then God in his comfort and his love comes in and he holds you up and you realize that God is at work in you. Even though it still hurts, God is comforting you. You, can't, you don't get to experience that if you never mourn. So Jesus says, hey, if you're mourning, if you're going through a horrible trial, then you're actually blessed. He didn't say blessed are those who laugh all the time and never have to go through anything bad. That's not, he didn't say that. You won't find that anywhere in scripture. Blessed are, verse five, blessed are the meek. Each one of these follows its own reward, by the way. You'll notice if you, blessed are those who mourn for their comfortable. Blessed are those poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Uh, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. You're not blessed when you're arrogant and conceited and rude and think you're better than everybody else. He said, if you come to a place, especially in our, in our culture, if you are able to live in a meek state, in other words, humble, and, and you, you, you recognize that you're not any better than everybody else. You care for other people. It's, it's not all about you. He said, you're, that's, that's a tremendous blessing. And then through that, he said, you inherit the earth. Blessed is, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You're blessed when your life's goal is not just about getting stuff for yourself. Blessed, you're blessed when you hunger for righteousness. In other words, being right in the sight of God. When that is your number one goal for living, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, doing the right thing, being right in the eyes of God, that's when you are blessed. You may be dirt poor, but if your life's goal is to please and honor and be righteous in the eyes of God, then you are blessed. And God can look at a person who's got $10 million in the bank. And if they're wicked and corrupt and they're not seeking righteousness, God looks at that individual and says, that person is cursed. They're pursuing wealth, not righteousness. And then verse seven, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. 
in, in our human nature, somebody does something to us, what does our human nature want? Revenge. Let's see if I can say it deeper. Revenge, right? <clears throat> As humans, we want revenge, but God says ultimately the true blessing comes from when somebody wrongs you and you show them mercy. See, what mercy is, is forgiveness and love and grace when, you re- when that person really deserves your revenge, right? They deserve it, but I'm going to give them grace instead. I'm going to forgive. We find that so hard to do as Christians. But Jesus said, blessing looks like somebody who's being merciful to somebody even that doesn't deserve the mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who are not, when something's not pure, it's mixed in with other diluted stuff. When something's pure, it's 100%. Blessed is the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The one that is not contaminated by worldly pursuits, but has given themselves purely, wholly, and completely unto God. It's not corrupted by the, uh, the lusts that this world has to offer. Oops, I knocked myself loose. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Jesus said it's, it, it's a blessing. You, you receive blessing when you learn how not to escalate a problem, but to de-escalate a problem. See, we, how many of you know a pot stirrer? Okay. Okay, now my guess is some of you that just said, I know a pot stirrer, some of you are probably pot stirrers, right? It takes one to know one in a lot of cases. I don't know, what is it? What is it about the human nature that we just, we seem to be fascinated when people aren't getting along? I mean, if... Let's go to the school. Let's go to the school halls for just a second. And let's say you're in one hall, and a fight breaks out in this hall. These two guys are just throwing blows, punching blood, hair. Everything's going every which direction. Teeth over this way and that way. And everybody goes, "Fight! Fight! Fight!" What? What do all the people in the other hall do? They run over to go to go see it, to watch this fight, and wow, everybody's cheering, and and wow, look at this, and then the more blood, the more we like it. I have never, not one time when I was in school, of course, now I've been, it's been a while since I've been in school, maybe things have changed. I have never one time been in one hall and heard somebody say, Hey guys, come over here. These guys are having a really nice, friendly conversation. And people come running to watch these guys converse and love on one another and get along. No. We tend to run towards the discord and all that. But Jesus said, blessing comes when we learn how to be a peacemaker. When we jump in between the two guys and say, guys, knock it off. And we make peace between people. That should be the nature of God's people. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, look at this. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have put this in the blessed column. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you when people lie about you, especially for your faith in Christ. Blessed are, we, we would not have put that in. The, if, we were, if we would have made a big chart, blessed, cursed, uh, and, and I threw a bunch of things out there and we put them in, our, and we put them in the columns, we would have definitely put, somebody lies against me, well, I'm gonna put that in the cursed column. 
But Jesus put it in the blessed column. See how different it is from what we think as humans? And so I think God wants to redefine in our minds what blessing is. You know, there's a lot of times we read in, in the early church through the book of Acts when the disciples were persecuted. I mean persecuted, not just, oh, they made fun of me because I love Jesus. No, I mean, they were like beaten, bloody, put in prison, thrown in jail, threatened with their life. True persecution. And they left there praising God, worshiping God, thanking God because they had just been persecuted for his name's sake. They considered themselves blessed for having just taken a beating in the name of Jesus. Different than what we think about when we think about blessing. We have a tendency to compare. And we don't mean to a lot of times, but like we'll look and say, well, um, you know, even here within this, within this church body, you say, okay, well, I'm, a, I'm healthy. I'm blessed. I've got a lot of health. Uh, so is that to imply that the person who's sick and has things that they're going through are not blessed? Not at all. I mean, I consider if I'm healthy, I mean, yeah, I consider that a blessing, but it doesn't mean that I'm blessed and somebody who's sick isn't. Or if I have, you know, a, a, a strong marriage and somebody else doesn't, or, you know, maybe uh, my, my spouse is in, in good health and I'm, I feel I consider that a blessing, and maybe somebody else has lost their spouse. doesn't mean that they're not blessed. You see, you see what I'm saying? Blessed is not synonymous with good, you know, everything going good in our life. Blessed looks different from God's perspective. And so I think it would help us in our life to feel more blessed and pursue, but if we have the same definition of it as God does, amen? So this is different. I mean, again, this is a redefinition. And sometimes that's hard to swallow, but I think you'll see from the scriptures. Let me go a little further. Um, blessed is the one who considers the poor, according to Psalm chapter 41. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not uh, give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Blessed is the person who considers the poor. Not blessed is the person who hoards every dollar that they've got and, 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 and uh, uh, builds up a huge nest egg. That's not what, blessed is the one who considers the poor. Blessed is the one who looks at those who are less fortunate, those who are not able to provide for themselves, the widows, the orphans, uh, those who are lame or, or handicapped, or those who can't provide for themselves. Jesus said, true blessing comes, not stockpiling cash, true blessing comes when I look at those who are less fortunate and I do something about it. That's ultimately what blessing is. What, what does the scripture say? It's more blessed to give than to receive. We, as people, we consider the blessings, when, you know, oh, what a blessing you gave me this gift. And when we get, we consider that blessing. But Jesus said, if you actually are more blessed when you give than when you receive. And what a blessing it is, folks. When we get past ourselves long enough to do something kind for somebody and to see God work in that person's life through you, it is a blessing. I'm telling you something. The scripture is true. It, it's right. It really is more of a blessing to give than to receive. To, to be the hands and feet of God and to watch God do a work in somebody and to see them maybe be lifted up out of, out of a hole, that, that's where true blessing comes from. This next year as you go forward, hey, hey, save money. Do a good job with your money. Make as much money as you can. That's great. I'm not saying that money's not, but that, that's not, don't pursue that as your blessing. And I would almost venture to say maybe. Now, I'm not 
get, hear me out. But I venture to say that, you know, if, if a person is pursuing money, and they might get it, but, but what if your pursuit was to help people with what money you have, God might bless you with more money. I don't know. He did that with Solomon. Solomon was like, God said, what do you want, Solomon? And Solomon didn't ask for more money. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for victory over his enemy. He asked for wisdom that he might know how to lead his country. Ultimately, he put the needs of everybody else ahead of his own wants. And so God met those needs, and then in turn, God blessed him. It's kind of one of those, uh, you know, what can God trust you with type things. The point being, maybe rather than pursuing a way of making more money this year, maybe I should be looking for people I can help this year with what resources God has given me. Be surprised at what God will do to multiply what you have. Blessed is the one who, according to Psalm 94, is disciplined by God. Whew, we would not put that one in that column, right? We would not put, we, blessed is the one who is disciplined by God. Basically, blessed is the one who gets a spanking from God, okay? Blessed, this is how it goes. Blessed is the one who considers, nope, I'm on the wrong line. Blessed is the man who you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble, we are blessed when God disciplines us, when he chastens us, because we're human beings and we're bent towards the wrong way. How many of you, by raising hand, have ever been disciplined by God in some form or fashion? I would hope that you have. Because the Bible teaches us that who the one, those who God loves, he chastises. It's, 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 just, like the, it's just like the parent and the children. We, we discipline our children because we love them. We want to see them grow up to be respectful. And so because we love them, we discipline them. And it doesn't seem like a blessing at the time. I mean, I remember when my dad's hand coming across my hind end, it didn't feel like a blessing. But now I look back at it and it is. It was a blessing. He loved me enough to, to guide me and shape me and to discipline me. So now I see it as a blessing. And that's ultimately what the scripture is saying. Is you're not blessed when God just lets you go. If, you were, if God were just to let you go out and sin and do whatever you want to do without any kind of discipline or correction whatsoever, then that would show that he really didn't care whether you went to heaven or hell. He didn't really care about you or not. But because God cares about us, he disciplines us. He chastises us at times, and that puts us in the blessed column. If you, if you find yourself right now in a place in your life <clears throat> where you feel like you're a little under the, the chastising hand of God, can I encourage you this morning to know that it's not the condemning, pounding, and angry hand of God. It is the loving, heaven, fatherly hand of God. You're under, that, you're under that chastisement and under that discipline because God loves you and he's looking to restore you. God is at, looking to put a blessing on you of restoration. That's what it's all about. Blessed is the man, according to James chapter 1, verse 12, blessed is the one who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he stood, has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. The King James says, blessed is the man who remains, uh, who endures temptation. So it, it's interesting to see that throughout the scripture, it doesn't say, uh, blessed is the one who has no trials, that's how we would look at it. Man, if I can go through life and really not have anything bad happen, I don't have to lose any close loved ones, I don't have to deal with sickness, I don't have to deal with losing my job. I don't, if I could just go through life with no problems, would you not consider that a blessing? We would. Man, we'd go around town, we'd be like, man, I'm so blessed. I just I got the perfect life. You know, I don't have any bad things happening, I'm not going through anything. What a blessing. And, and here the whole time the word of God is saying, blessed are you when you endure trials. 
You're actually blessed when those bad things happen and those troubles that you're going through and you endure them. You go through them. God brings you through them. And through, the, through all of that, you come out with a greater faith in God. You come out trusting God more. You come out with a solid belief, more of a correct belief system. Blessed are you when you endure trials. I'll tell you what, when you go to work, maybe I don't know, I'm just shooting from the hip here, but maybe you got something going on at work, you know, and it's just it's keeping you up at night, worrying you. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a coworker, a boss, riding you, I don't know. And just making you miserable, and you're going through a really hard trial right now. And the next time that coworker, that boss, something comes and just is rude and nasty and mean to you, be kind to them. Soft answer turns away wrath. Don't say this in front of them. But when they're done, walk away, go to the break room, go to your car, rear back, lift your head up to heaven, and say, God, I am so blessed. <laughs> right? I am so blessed. Because I'm enduring a trial right now. We don't look at it that way, but that's how God defines it. Blessed is the one who dies in the Lord. Isn't that a weird one? We think, again, long life is the blessing, and we do everything, and we should do everything we can to stay alive. Don't get me wrong, God gives us a will to, lie, to, to live. But we think about death being a curse, being a bad thing, but actually those who die in the Lord, now those who die without Jesus, death's a bad thing. It is a curse. But those who die in the Lord, is act, death is actually a blessing. You got somebody, a, a mom, a dad, a grandma, anybody that was a Christian that has died and you feel like maybe they was taken away from you too early or and it, you think, oh, God failed me, he took this person away. But ultimately, death, God designed death to be a blessing. We think of it as a curse. God sees it as a blessing. Why? Because it means because of death, we're not trapped in this old, nasty, sinful body, this, this wicked, sinful world. We're not trapped here forever. We have a way out. We get to leave this world and go to a better one. So he says here in Revelation 14, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Blessed indeed is the one who dies in the Lord, the one who knows Jesus and goes to be with him for eternity. That's blessing, not necessarily. So, so if I live for Jesus for I'm 43, I turned 44 this year. Let's say I only get 44 years on this life, on this earth. Somebody say, man, what a horrible, what a horrible thing. He died at, at 44 years old. That, that's bad. But I'm over here basking in the glory of God for all eternity. And God said, Dennis, you're blessed, man. You escaped all that junk down there for the year, and I, I brought you home early. See how different we think about things than God does? Blessed is the one who tithes. Okay, let me read this word. I'm going to do you a favor here. When it comes to, to, to money and tithing, um, a lot of times some preachers like to deal a lot with it because they want you to give them all their money. Uh, I'm the opposite, and, and a lot of times I, I, I steer clear from it because uh, I don't want anybody thinking I'm a money-hungry money hungry preacher. But I want to tell you something. Tithing uh, is not about the church getting your money. Not at all. And I'm not going to belabor this very long, but I want, I want to do you a favor here this morning and teach you from the scriptures what it is to be blessed financially. Because one, some of the greatest stresses in our life have to do with our money. Isn't that true? Money, uh, finances have, have destroyed more marriages probably than just about anything else and, and so on and so forth. So here's what the scripture says about, about our finances. If you find yourself, again, 
plenty of ungodly people out there that got plenty of money. But I'm talking about you and I as God's people, okay? If you find yourself struggling in your finances, maybe in the last few years, I want you to do something. And then this is, you're not doing me a favor. This is not me. I'm just passing along to you what God says in his word. Try something different this year. Try something, try it God's way. And here's what, here's what it says in, Math, in Malachi. This is the last book of the Old Testament. In Malachi chapter three, verse eight uh, through 10. I'm gonna read this, by the way, Jen, I'm not sure I told you this, but I'm gonna read this in the KJV. It says, will a, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? So God having a conversation saying, you guys have robbed me. And we said, well, God, when did we rob you? I didn't hold a gun to you. He said, in tithes and in offerings. You, have, you are, what is this word? You are, say it, I know it's hard to say. It's hard to get it to roll off. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, uh, even this whole nation. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. What is a tithe? It is the first, specifically throughout the scripture. A, a tithe literally means a tenth. But what God has desired, not, I mean, whether it's our money, our time, everything, God always desires the first, correct? He desires the first. And so that's what a tithe is. It's the first of our income. Bring, bring all your tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and, and prove me now therewith. In other words, what God is saying, try me. Put me to the test and try me. And see, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. It is a principle placed in God's word that when we find ourselves with not enough, that if we put God first and we give him the first fruits of our income, that we find ourselves with, with more than enough. That is not a message of, if you give me the preacher $1,000, God will cancel your debt. That's not what this, is, that's not what this principle is saying. Do it however you want to. Hey, look, the bills are being paid around here. God, you, there's, there's a lot of people here in this church that faithfully tithe, and I'm so very grateful for that. And it's because of that that we were able to build this building and, and able to, you know, have programs and do things to further the kingdom of God. When he says there may, there may be meat in my house, that's ultimately, you might say in our day and age that there may be heat in, in my house, right? So, so it's the tithing, the faithful tithing of people that enables this church to even exist. And so that, that's good. And the, the, the bills are, are all paid. Things are going good. So I'm not saying this for me. I'm not saying this for the church. This is for you. If you're struggling in this particular area, maybe you've never really thought about it before, but God says, well, I can't really bless you because I'm kind of having to curse your finances because you're holding back on me. It's a principle. I'm, I'm telling you, God said, try me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, okay? Now, if you've racked up 20 years uh, of debt, don't think that you're gonna pay a tithes check for two or three weeks at church and then it's all gonna be fixed, okay? This is, a, this, is a, this is a mentality change. This is a lifestyle change. And I already spent more time on this than I meant to, but maybe it's for a reason. I know people struggle in this area. It is a principle in God's word. God won't fail you, okay? So blessed is the one who tithes. God said, I will open the windows of heaven and bring blessing upon you. Blessed is the one, according to Psalm chapter one. I love chapter, uh, Psalm chapter one, the whole chapter, but specifically the first three verses. This is, it gives us another indication of what true blessing looks like. Uh, blessed is the one who meditates, ultimately who meditates on God's word, who, who puts, God, again, follows the pattern that God's word gives for living. So this is how it goes in Psalm one and one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So you're blessed when you don't get your advice from ungodly people. 
right? You're blessed when you get your advice and your counsel from God's word. Every decision that you have to make in life, the answer is found right here. Now you look to me as a, as a pastor or to a grandmother or a grandfather, a mom and dad, a godly mom and dad and grandma, you can look, look to those who know God, look to them for counsel because their counsel is going to come from the word of God. Blessed is the man who gets his counsel from God's word and godly people. Blessed is the one who doesn't stand in the way of sinners. There are two roads, the way, the, way, the path, there are two paths, right? There's the path of sinners there's the path of those who reject God, the unbelievers, that leads to destruction, Jesus said. And then there's the path that leads to God. There's, there's, there's two paths. We choose which path. Blessed is the one who doesn't stand on the path of sinners that leads to destruction, but blessed is the one who decides, I'm going to walk God's road, right? If you're not on God's road this morning, I pray that by the time the service is over, you'll be on God's road. That's what being saved is all about. It's like, okay, God, I'm going down the wrong road, and I recognize that now. I've sinned against you, and I recognize that you created me. I recognize that you died for me. I want you to take me off of this path of sinners, take me off of this road, and put me on the right road. That's what salvation, it's as simple as that. And you'd be amazed at what God can do with you and in your life just by saying, God, get me on the right road, if you really mean that, if you're really willing to let God do that for you. Then he goes on to say, blessed is the man that does not sit in the seat of the scornful or the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Here's the blessing. The man who meditates on God's word, the one that says, okay, uh, God's word will govern my life. And I might add, God's word can't govern your life if you don't know what God's word says. Would that be a, a true saying? God, I want, your, I want your word to guide my life, but I know nothing about it. That means I've got some work to do. I've got to, to study. I've got to find out what God's word is saying to me. That's what this, the Read Scripture app is all about. That's why we're trying to encourage you to get into the Bible. You may, not everybody's going to be called to be a Bible scholar. You're not going to get in there and learn every deep truth there is maybe about the word. But if you go into God's word with nothing more than the aspect of God, I want your word to govern my life. He'll teach you. Amen? This is, the, this is the response. This is the reward. He, that person who says, God, I want your, your word to govern my life. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. God's blessing rests upon that which he puts his hand to because he's decided that God's word will govern my life. That's the blessed person. Not the person that has everything they've ever wanted or could ever want. Blessing, get, get this. If you don't get anything else that I've said today, get this. Blessing requires cooperation on our part. It, is an, it, it just absolutely requires our cooperation. In many cases, like I said a minute ago, if I was to have everybody raise their hand, how many of you want to be cursed this next year? Nobody's going to raise their hand. Nobody, want, nobody says, I want to be cursed. But unfortunately, in many cases in our lives, we actually do choose the curse over the blessing by the decisions that we make, right? The, the choices that we make, we ignore God's word and we make our own choices. Literally, what we're saying is, I'd rather have the curse than the blessing. So, Help me, God. Let there be a fundamental change in my mind, in the way I see things, in the way I believe about things, in the definition. Help me, God, so that I don't ever 
choose the curse over the blessing. It requires the cooperations. The, the word, one of the, probably the biggest word in the Bible, you see it over and over and over again, has, it's two letters, but it's the biggest word in the Bible. You know what that word is? If. I, F, if. Let me read a verse for you and then I'm going to close. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. God tells Moses, I want you to gather all of my people together. All the Israelites, he gathers them together. And look at this, second word into the, the address. And if, did I tell you where we're at? Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. And say it with me. If, say it again louder, and if, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Say it with me again. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, and the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against, excuse me, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven, uh, seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. God wants to bless and, and all these things that we consider to be blessings. But it all hinges on that one great big word, if. Moses said this in Deuteronomy 11 as he gathered all the people together. I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Blessing, there it is, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and a curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today. Moses made it very simple. It's probably one of the most simple messages ever preached in history, and I'm going to conclude mine the same way. When, when Moses gathered everybody together, just like I've, we've gathered, gathered everybody together today, Moses just said to the people of Israel, look, God's putting it very simply today. Uh, he is laying before you a blessing and a curse. You can take whichever one of them you want. You can have the blessing, but there's, a, there's an if attached. You have to do things God's way. That's not unfair, is it? You have to do things God's way. So you have to know what his commandments are and follow them. And you can have the blessing. But, I mean, you're more than welcome to ignore God's word and not do it God's way. Don't worry about being meek and don't worry about the poor and don't worry about, you know, tithing. Don't worry about, you know, this and that. I mean, you don't have to do all of that. You can choose the curse if you want to. Don't know why you would, but you can do it if you want to. I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. You choose, and that's kind of what God is saying to all of us as his people here today. The same blessing, the same curse is before us for the for the choosing. So do you want to leave here today? Because here, here's the thing, you know, God, we got kind of tricked you. God kind of tricked you by getting in, you into church because when you didn't know about all this, you kind of got a pass. But now that you know all of this this morning, you're kind of on the hook, right? 
said, oh, I shouldn't have come. If I, if I we didn't know this, I could, I could, too late now. Okay, you know it. You've got the words, you're on the hook, you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice today. Blessing or curse. I hope you'll choose the blessing. And I can't give it to you. I can stand up here with a big, holy, pastorally word like some of them do. Uh, what is that one blessing that pastors speak over their congregation? I'm not trying to make fun, but you know, I, I could just give this big old blessing over, over you, but be gone on your way. What is that blessing? Does anybody know what that is? Uh, we got it hanging on our wall at home. May the Lord shine, make his face to shine upon you and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to, I mean, I, I get up here and say, may all, the Lord make his face shine upon you and may the Lord bless you. But if you walk out of these doors with no intention of doing things God's way, you will not be blessed. No matter what, I'm not that holy, trust me, to speak that kind of blessing on you. My words cannot override your bad decisions. It doesn't work that way. So bow with me this morning.